This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. A divine union is where both individuals show up with self-love, they take personal responsibility for their life choices, and they seek to bring out the best in themselves and each other. This type of relationship allows both people to shine while fulfilling their individual life paths. These individuals have a purpose for waking up each day and motivation to be their best self. They understand that they are not perfect and never will be, but don't use imperfection as an excuse to hurt themselves or others. They are open-hearted, forgiving, and certain about how they feel. Another way to describe a divine union is highest potential soulmate. Valeria Tellez interviews Diana Palm, the author of The Love Book, The Secret to Finding Your Soulmate. Diana Palm, The Love Witch, works with celebrity clients from around the world. Diana is a multi-published author, Llewellyn, a spiritual leader, and internationally recognized medium with over 30 years of experience. Diana has dedicated her life to helping people heal. She uses her spiritual gifts to connect with loved ones in the spirit world, bring healing to individuals suffering from grief, and rebuilds their emotional system to experience new love and a new life path. Diana is the founder of Manifesting Your Soulmate System and teaches people about love and the afterlife. She offers private healing sessions and online spiritual courses. Meet Diana at dianapalm.com. Here is the interview with Diana Palm. In your own words, who is Diana Palm? I am a spiritual healer. I'm the love witch. I work with people with broken hearts and help mend them and help them find love and get back on their path. Speaking of purpose, Diana, is that something that we all have one or it doesn't have to be a purpose? (laughs) Well, we we all came here to do certain things and it's like your soul is always urging you onto that path. There's no way you could not fulfill your life purpose any which way you go. Mm. But, you know, there is a certain urging or a certain calling that every individual has um, that they really can fulfill in either a small way or a big way. But it's their own unique imprint that they have being here on Earth. 
So in a way, we are living our purpose regardless of searching for it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's like sometimes people think they're off their path and it's like, are you happy? (laughs) Because sometimes that's just being on the right path and all the people you touch and move Mm -hmm. along the way. And my official question, really, it's love. What is love to you? And what are some of the greatest misconceptions about love? Well, love is a vibration. Love is a very high, very kind, very compassionate, very uh, all-encompassing energy. And sometimes people misconstrue love as like a game. Like, you know, you watch all these videos and it's like how to get the guy or how to manipulate, (laughs) (laughs) get him to the altar. And it's like, what does that have to do with love? You know, and so love is an energy. It's a very high vibration that we as humans feel And it's what we strive for. We want to heal our hearts. We want to reach for the highest vibration of compassion and kindness for ourselves first Mm -hmm. and then be able to enjoy that with another. I love that message in your book. Yeah, self-love, self-compassion. That's the start point. It's not really trying to find that out there. That just resonates all the way through to me. Talk to me for a moment about the insights you have gained in 2020 from all the challenges and changes. Well, I think 2020 was a significant year for humanity, actually. It was like a spiritual wake-up call globally. And what that means for a lot of people that aren't necessarily on a spiritual path or aware that they are yet is that it was really unearthing all the hidden triggers, unhealed emotions, even deep genetic triggers and deep emotions that we inherited from our families. And it really brought it all up to the surface. But what happened because of that is people moved closer to their spirituality, closer to peace, closer to their path, closer to their purpose in life. And there's so much drastic healing that occurred because of 2020 that now what we're experiencing in 2021 is this beautiful, huge opening for anybody that did the work last year. It was, or still is, that message or call for spiritual awakening. And that's interesting because we all, I mean, I felt it without even hearing that from anyone. It was just a uh, it didn't touch me in any way, in a sense, a negative way. It was all about opening, the heart opened. And yeah, amazing things happened, actually, in my yeah, case. And I, yes. And then when I'm working with my clients now, I always tell them it's become so clear that I'm, I can see it in one client after the next. What was your beautiful gift of 2020? Mm-hmm. Like, what did it change in your life? What beautiful opening? What did it reveal to you? What did you change because of it? You know, and so right. I'm finding all these what we would call miracles or blessings that occurred because of 2020. We call it spiritual awakening, but it it took some uh, serious challenges. Uh, Lots of people lost the body and we have this um, chaos, let's say. Um, So my question is, does it always take chaos and challenges in order to find the way, in order to return home or go back to love? Well, it doesn't need to. Right. Yeah, I hope <laughs> so. Talking about, yeah. <laughs> right. But on a global level, when things have gotten off track, that's yeah. going to be the best way to do it. And so I always say to people when they see something going on, you know, whether it's um, something that happens in nature or some kind of um, devastation, 
it's like sometimes that is what is needed on a huge mass consciousness level to to shake people and open them up and help them love again. But on an individual level, we can literally make the choice. We can do it much more gently and individually and peacefully in our own home, in our own body, (laughs) in our own life, by just really looking at the way we've been living, our own programs, the way we've been kind of conditioned to live in this experience and choosing higher vibrating emotions, thoughts, and deeds. Mm. So we can really just do the work much more gently on our own. I think the universe sometimes sends in big things to go like, okay, you guys are going too slow. Let me just help you along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because everything's connected, right? There's no separation. Did we choose to be in a human body and go through these challenges in order to return to love? Well, this is something that just unfolds. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, and we get to come down so many times and enjoy it in different experiences. And sometimes we're learning it ourselves. Sometimes we're teaching it. Sometimes we're just here to experience it again. And sometimes we're here to clean up our family DNA line by choosing it and shifting the DNA right within ourselves as we experience it. How did you come to these understandings, Diana? Well, I've been working as a spiritual healer my entire life. I have spiritual vision and I'm a medium. So as I was working with people over the years, I just started seeing the repetitive patterns and getting into their DNA conditioning and programming and seeing so many untruths and so many stories and so many things that were holding people back. And I could see like it just in a split second when people could tap into that energy and tap into what it felt like to really feel loved and valuable. What an amazing shift. It literally would release so many painful memories, so many scarring in the DNA. So many things would change just from holding this high vibration, even just for a moment. And I just felt like, you know what, that's ultimately, as much as I heal from many different things, that was always my focus was getting people to experience love. One more question for you, the warm-up questions. It's freedom. What is freedom to you? And yeah, basically, what is to be free if there is such a thing? Yeah, well, we all have free will. So being here is freedom. Mm, (laughs) A lot of people have that, you know, backwards. They Uh, feel like we're punished or we uh, have to die to be free. But no, we are free. We are. It was our choice to come here and create freedom. The misconception is that we're ruled by someone else or by government or by uh, nine to five jobs and that we can always choose to free ourselves. We can free ourselves in the way that we work and operate in the world to make money. We can free ourselves in the way we love. We can free ourselves from so many situations. This is our free will. So owning that as a co-creator is actually freedom. That's a different way of seeing that. So freedom, not as a destination, but a sort of a, a journey of discovery, uncovering. I love that. It sounds playful to me. Yeah. It's like if people knew that we were free already, it's like, well, then what would you do if you were free today? Right, right. We are already there. <laughs> yeah, so true. But for some people, it's really challenging for them to see that. It sounds so simple. When yeah, well, we we're that. all on our different timeline. Yeah. And so I think it's really important too to just go like, you know what, maybe last lifetime I was the slow one to get it. Mm. <laughs> you know, and so we're all on our own different timeline. And so just to be right. to give people space to figure it out on their own. And while main you maintain your journey and continue to move forward without 
trying to go backwards and help all the people that are seem mm. to be behind. They might be playing a divine role for you. Right. Oh, wow. That takes wisdom too, doesn't it, Diana, to just let it be, let life be life. Yes. And something I had to mature into myself. <laughs> I used to try <laughs> to, you know, bring it everywhere that it was not necessarily the right time or the right people or the right place. And I had to learn to just be it myself and just let my light shine and just do my thing without being so concerned about was everybody else understanding? Was everybody else getting there? You know, I, I felt like I came in with kind of like a hurried timeline <laughs> and and it kind of consumed me and I finally yeah. <laughs> relaxed into it. And um, I know everything is in divine order yeah. just the way it is. These people that we perceive to not be quite getting it, they might be getting something different on a different level or they might be teaching us through the way that they're processing it. Um, so we all serve each other. And what helped you to relax into that understanding and just let it be? Because that sounds to me like uh, the idea of surrender and letting go, which is wonderful. Absolutely. I, I feel like um, I realized <laughs> I realized that part of my desire to help everybody, my strong, strong need and desire that I carried with me for the, the majority of my life, right. I realized that that actually had some undercurrents of control. Right. And when I realized, mm -hmm. oh, maybe soft and nice, but it's still controlling. Right. And um, I had to take a real good look at myself and that I was judging others and trying to control the outcome. Mm -hmm. So that's where I realized I needed to release that and let everyone be exactly as they are. It's coming from a judgmental place. Ultimately, yes. it, it yeah. is, yes. Yeah. And control. <laughs> not a good combination. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, not, the, not a loving combination. <laughs> Let's right, right. put it that way. <laughs> yeah, this is something that I guess I'm getting much better with around my husband. I think is that the person who's next to me all the time. And that is a challenge to let him be <laughs> with his understandings of life, where he's at. I think I'm losing, or whatever it means, the ego mind. Um, it's losing the grip, yeah, on that, and just letting him and be. Wow, but what a, a tough one. <laughs> that lesson, uh, it's a tough one yeah. to learn. Well, and especially within relationship, yeah. because you're both going to grow at different paces. And between the two of you, you have your own spiritual vibration and that shifts as you guys shift and grow together, you know, and, and sometimes mm -hmm. it seems like one person is really leading and the other person might be dragging behind, but together your spiritual vibration is still increasing. Wow. So, um, yeah, so I find that that's a better way to look at the relationship as far as the harmony of, of what's going on energetically. So you wrote the book, The Love Book, The Secret to Finding Your Soulmate. Two initial questions. How did you become a writer and what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book? Oh, okay. Well, I actually, this is my, my fourth book. My first book was about um, the spirit world, helping people cross over um, ghosts and how to get spiritually clear and all that stuff. And um, then I wrote a couple more. So I've always had, I guess, an interest in writing and making information available. I channel a lot. I get, I use my spiritual gifts. And I think from working so many years with so many clients and students, I've seen so many things that I think are meaningful, and I think that that information should be out there so people that are seeking it can find it and 
um, help get their own clarity on on some of these invisible yeah. <laughs> invisible energies that yeah. that aren't really you know not necessarily always represented the right way. So yeah, do you find writing to be healing too, Diana? Yes, absolutely. When I sit down to write a book, it's almost well. I I, I think every writer will understand this. It's the book comes to me. You know, and so I get urged and I, I have filing cabinets of ones that started to come to me and it just wasn't the right time. So they just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But when a book is really ready to be revealed, it just comes to me and I have to start, you know, I'll walk around with my phone and start putting it in my voice <laughs> yeah. and post notes and mm-hmm. I can't turn it off until it's mm-hmm. written. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I never have once gone to my computer and tried to write down words. Um, it just comes to me and, and, and the writer is more of the receiver. So we do really mm-hmm. channel energy from the creator or from divinity. It just comes through us when, when messages are meant to be heard. Yeah. The first time I wrote was releasing. And understand um, that word comes to mind, releasing. So releasing the story, releasing the false beliefs, limiting beliefs. And then, yeah, it became more of a channeling thing, which is interesting to talk about even. Um, I ask questions about channeling. When we are channeling, we are bringing to being or to expression in this realm beings that we know or it could be beings that are unknown to us. Like in my case, I have no idea really where this is coming from, what I write comes from. So is that also possible, Diana, that we channeling without knowing who is coming through, who is trying to communicate with us? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so as a medium, I do have the ability to find out, you know, who's trying to speak to me, what message do you have? Right. Um, however, I don't bring any of my work through channeling um, through an entity, a spirit or um, anything on that realm. I always connect higher right. and bring my information through like the highest possible consciousness, which mm-hmm. is what I call creator. Some people would call it source energy or God. Um, so I don't filter it through any mediaries in between. I just bring through uh, unbiased information yeah. where, you know, your guides and even the angels have a certain perspective on things. And so I just go up to the highest possible light, get my connection there. And that's what comes through me. And how do we know the difference? Is that easy to tell or do we have to develop skills like mediumship? And another question is, do we all have that skill in a way, or this is a special gift to some of us? Everybody has the skill. It just needs to be developed. Every single human being has the ability to connect directly to creator and to become more aware of all the different layers of spirit and guardians that are around us. Absolutely. It's just something that needs to be developed and honed in on so that you become aware of it and have discernment of the different vibrational frequencies so that you know who's speaking to you or through you. A fear of the unknown comes into play for some reason, like in my case. So I'm wondering why that happens, if this is common. It's very common. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I, yeah, I teach classes on this. And when I sit down to work with a virtual healer, somebody mm-hmm. developing their gift or a medium, mm-hmm. we have to clear so much fear because a lot of the fear that you're actually uh, experiencing is genetic. You know, your ancestors, our ancestors, all of our ancestors in different points in time and history and different cultures were tortured for having spiritual gifts. Mm. 
you know, and so when we begin to develop those, we have a genetic fear that pops up that wants to stop us. And uh, because ultimately they're afraid of dying again. So we have to process through our ancestors fear to understand that it's now safe, you know, that we're not going to be harmed, that we know how to connect with the highest light, that we know how to have discernment, that we can cross over anything that's not in our highest and best, that we can be completely safe doing our spiritual work. Do you do that too, Diana? Do you? Uh, I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. Know. I teach that in uh, my Theta Healing classes and also in my mediumship classes. So in your book, you write something very beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm just going to read it. You say, a divine union is where both individuals show up with self-love. They take personal responsibility for their life choices and they seek to bring out the best in themselves and each other. So that resonates very much true to me. Talk to me for a moment about some more about divine union self-love, love vibration, and also what you call love attraction. Absolutely. I just love it when two people come full, (laughs) when they come complete, whole, full, willing to love, loving themselves, because everything that they create together is magical and does enhance the world for other people. Even if they don't have that intention, their vibration together causes it. It's a Mm -hmm. ripple. It's so beautiful and so powerful. And we are in a time right now where more divine unions are coming together. More people are hooking up with their soulmate and they're finding this real divine connection with them. It's a higher level energy, which sometimes I refer to as like the highest potential soulmate. It's so beautiful. And so a lot of times we're coming out of old paradigms, you know, the old paradigms where somebody would be the damsel and someone would save them regardless of the gender, if it was male, female, or both, you know, that one would be weak and one would be strong. And they'd say, oh, well, you complete me. And they'd look for missing traits in each other uh, to try to make a whole. But, you know, I, I've been around a lot of love and a lot of relationships and a lot of abusive relationships and a lot of death. Right. And what I've seen is that even if you think somebody makes you whole because they have the other half of the things you're missing, when they die, you still have to develop that. True. You know, it's True. only temporary. And so we never want to put that on our partner. We want to show up whole and healed. And we want to show up beautiful and strong in our own energy to come together and both be dynamic sparks of light together and and have something to really share and grow together. We often confuse, I think I have confused self-care with self-love. Talk to me about, and in your book, you have um, checklists. Do you talk about the difference yes. between them and you have checklists for both of them? So talk to me for a moment about that, about those two yes. components. Well, because I had so many clients where I would say, you know, I talked to them about self-love and then they would start to tell me what things they were doing. And I said, well, honey, those are self-care. Self-care is what you do daily to take care of your body or to relax, (laughs) you know, but self-love is holding your integrity for yourself Mm -hmm. and making long-term financial decisions that are for your well-being or for, you know, so it would be higher education. It would be creating stable foundations. It would be choosing somebody that's truly committed to you in those same ways. So self-love goes much deeper where self-care is very, very important, but it's only the first step. It's a very on the surface layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when you go deeper, the self-love is much more about 
um, having personal integrity for your having responsibility for your choices and setting up more long term stability in all ways for yourself. Yeah, that's interesting how they are easily confused because I made that mistake, taking care of myself overly even, but no self-love. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's common. I think a lot yeah. of people do that. You know, like you take a hundred bubble baths and, and yeah. you know, right. at the end of the day because you have no financial stability. <laughs> right. Right. So true. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great message of awareness. Yeah. We need to learn to distinguish these things. Um, yeah. Self-love to me. I, 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 when I saw this in your book, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. This is it. Because you talk a lot about soulmate and love, but then I was in a way looking for that self-love. Where is it? <laughs> and then when I found it, it was just like, yeah, this is the message. There was a section that you say, when you are holding on to shame, guilt, or fear, your love vibration is very low. So yes. talk to me about um, love blocks which is very much connected to fear. I see here you have. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh, fear of commitment, fear of not being good enough, fear of like the grass is greener and yeah. maybe you're with the wrong person and always, <laughs> you know, so like love is more about like, no, I love and honor myself. And when you invite someone into your life to love, it's like making a choice to love them, not going, is this the very best person on earth for me? Or are they around the next corner or next corner, next corner that always keeps you in a state of not being committed to love. And love is an energy and a vibration that it's good for you. You should experience that with whomever you invite into your life to love. But when we are not able to love, we're not able to feel those feelings because of deep emotional pain and traumas from our earlier childhood or repeat patterns in relationships. Uh, sometimes that love energy, it's not flowing through our body and, and we're, we're processing things in an unhealed way and it's the energy is getting stuck and, and then we're coming up with a lot of shortcomings in the way we have skills in relationship or the way we experience the flow of love in the relationship and we're tapping it off or kind of not giving it a chance to grow or to move through each person. Um, so it's really important to heal those things first, especially with grief, because grief mm. really clouds up the body and the lungs and in the heart. Mm. And, and it is possible to to heal and to allow yourself to love after loss. Mm. Um, it's really important to move that energy out of the body, though, and to prepare yourself to be loved and nurtured by someone else and to allow yourself to love them. That's another message that I don't often hear. So grief can close the heart. It blocks yes. uh, the energy of love. Yeah. Um, well, so many wow. people have belief systems around feeling like they're cheating on their spouse that died or someone mm. that they were really in love with. They feel like they have to hold the space for them and not let anyone ever measure up to that. And all of the, those are falsehoods because in working as a medium my entire life, I can tell you the spirit world is right with you. They don't leave you and they do want you to love. <laughs> they do want you to find somebody else. They don't want you to waste your time pining away for them when they're physically unavailable. They're spiritually still there with you and they benefit when you love someone else because they can feel your love vibration that helps them. I think you, the word you use in your book is open your chakras and raise your yeah. vibration. That's some of the work you do, opening the chakras. Absolutely. In fact, I tell my students, if you're going to do one thing for yourself every day, 
I would just take the 30 seconds or a minute, whatever it is, you know, it might take a little longer as you're beginning to learn, but eventually it takes about 30 seconds. Just start your day by opening up all of your chakras. Make sure that the flow is going through you and that you're not blocking any of the energy that's supposed to circulate and move through your body. Um, so opening up your chakras, making sure you're connected to Mother Earth and and the heavens, it gets the energy going all the way through your body, keeping you really vitalized, energetic, and clear as you move through your day. So you get the highest intuition, you get the highest amount of love through your body. What are some signs? Um, how do we know when the chakras are, are not open? Oh, you'll feel it. Yeah, like <laughs> a lot of people feel, especially in the gut. You know, if we're having trauma, yeah. if we're carrying shame, we're going to carry that down in our solar plexus, our sacral chakra, like down in the tummy region, down below the belt. Any of those areas that feel really stagnated or or really blocked, or if you're not feeling creative or if you're not cr- interested in sex, it's a really great chance that those chakras are blocked uh-huh. and you need to do some healing around the issues that are blocking them. And so, you know, you can have your crown chakra on top of your head could be blocked if you're experiencing a lot of headaches, blurred vision, dizziness, fogginess, not being clear headed, um, even nightmares, you know, so you've got some spiritual energy around that top chakra there that's creating some disturbances. So clearing that up and allowing the light in can really shift that. Yeah, I have had, I think, one or two sections um, with the clearing the chakras and it was amazing. It really, really works. And you're right, it's one of the most powerful energy clearing I know. I have lots of questions. We are almost at the end. You mentioned in your book five main types of soulmates, which I never heard about. Uh, the friend soulmate, teacher soulmate, karmic, sexual, and twin flame soulmate. Is that possible to meet all of them in one lifetime? Oh, absolutely. We are. No, you. If you like, <laughs> literally, like thought about it, you would be able to label everybody. <laughs> oh, yes, right. Uh, let's not go there. <laughs> Here. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you'll have a whole section of the team in place at one phase of your life, and then you'll move out of that energy and attract a whole nother team at a higher level that will yeah. still work with you. So we always attract in new friends, soulmates, new teacher soulmates. You know, even when we become the teacher, we still will have teachers above us. And so it's just something that's ongoing. And the twin flame one is is interesting because it's hard for twin flames to be together. They have so much spiritual maturity to come into, you know, and so when they, if they do part and come back together later in life, when they're both spiritually mature and and responsible and they're both Mm -hmm. holding their beautiful light, that is when they stay together. And that's when they do beautiful, amazing things in the world. If you can, of course, disclose that. How did that work at this time in your life? Have you found that twin flame soulmate or that divine (laughs) union with somebody, (laughs) another human being? (laughs) I, I believe so. <laughs> I hope so, Diana. Right now. Yes, yes, we were together 20 years ago and um, we're not able to stay together at that point. So when we did find each other again, it was like picking up at a much different maturity level and spiritual level um, coming together in a different, it was almost to complete um, anything that needed to be completed back then. So there's a bit of karmic there too. Um, And then it's like, you always know moving forward is it was just all those other levels where we needed to come together and love each other and heal 
or is it truly going to move forward and do beautiful things in the world? So that's when you really know when it starts to really shoot forward in that direction. That's interesting. It moves from healing to those uh, beautiful things, creating these uh, divine things, material things in the world, or uh, the embodiment of love, isn't it, Diana? Yes, yes. Sometimes we come together just to heal, and sometimes Mm. we have so many lessons to learn. Um, And being able to love each other and have each other in our lives at different points is so profound and so amazing. We're not really meant to hold on to people forever, you know. Um, So it's up to us to use our highest discernment on if it's time to have a sacred ending or if it's time to create a new path together. Thank you so much again for the clarity, the divine wisdom, I call it, and um, your presence. I love your presence, too. Thank you so much. Thank you, Diana. I have a few more questions, but before I ask them the ending questions, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Oh, I didn't have anything planned. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. Well, you know, if people want to follow me on YouTube, I do have a channel. Yeah, I am the Love Witch every Sunday at noon um, Central Standard Time. You'll see me with a, a lovely pink wig to really expand upon pink energy, which is the soulmate color. Um, So my daughter and I do that every single Sunday to answer questions live about love and the afterlife. Yeah, if people want to see more uh, live stuff, I'll be there. (laughs) What do you wish every single one of us human beings to know uh, before we leave the body? Yes, whatever you have unhealed, you take it with you. And I think that's a very important message, too, because so many people feel like, you know, this is terrible. It's so hard. I can't wait till I die. Or, you know, and some people anxious to leave and so many suicides, so many. And the problem is they don't get relief when they pass. And so this is so important because I work with the spirit world day in and day out. I see what they deal with on the other side. It's exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So if I could say anything, it's like, please shift your perspective understand um, that you don't get to escape this, but you can shift it. You can heal the way you perceive things, even the most difficult things you have lived through and find space in there for love, for acceptance, for surrender, and find your peace right here, right now, not later, not on the other side, Mm -hmm. but right now so that you can fill your life with love and joy. And my last question is, what are three things about life that you know for sure as of this moment? It goes on forever. Yeah. <laughs> right. We never yeah. lose contact yeah. with each other. <laughs> and we really truly are all one. Yes, a billion times to that. Yes. Thank you so much again, Diana, for your beautiful presence and everything else in between that could be felt. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? My website is www.dianapalm.com. Yeah, very simple. And I'll have that link exposed too. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye for now, Diana. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Diana Palm and her work, please visit dianapalm.com.
To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.